Amen. We're talking about a better promise this month. Amen. Now, last month, we talked about the better priesthood. Amen. And we was talking about that priesthood, and we list four things of that Melchizedek. What was number one? He was a blessing. Amen. Amen. He blessed Abraham. So we, as the new part of this new priesthood, we have got to follow this example. We've got to bless people. We need to get in the habit of blessing people, doing things for others. Amen. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6.10, as you have therefore opportunity to do good, do good to all men, especially to them that are of the household of faith. Amen. So we have to seize every opportunity to bless others. What was the second thing? Righteousness. We want to live in righteousness. Amen. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Walk right. Do right. Just be right. Amen. When you see me, I want to be right. When I'm testifying, I want to be right. When you see me walking, I want to be right. When you see me singing, I just want to be right. Do right. Amen. So we want to write. Third thing. Amen. Walk in peace. Amen. Follow peace with all men in holiness, Hebrews twelve fourteen says, So without shall no man see the Lord, and God will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him, because you trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Amen. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. We want to be in peace. Amen. You want to walk in peace. You want to operate in peace. And number four. <laughs> amen. Go boldly. Amen. You want to continue. Amen. You want to continue. Amen. To bless people. You want to continue to work in righteousness and be at peace forever. Amen. And that's what it's all about because that's the God we serve. We want to be like him. We want to take on that nature of him. So that's what we're trying to apply from that priesthood. Amen. Is to just be just like him. It's a better is better. Amen. So tonight we want to talk about a better promise. Amen. Hebrews 8, 6. But now have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Amen. Notice, amen, uh, excellent ministry, a mediator of a better covenant, and was established upon better Promises. Wikipedia defines a promise as a commitment by someone to do or not to do something. As a noun, promise means a declaration assuring that one will or will not do something. As a verb, it means to commit oneself by a promise to do or give. It can also mean a capacity for good, similar to a value that is to be realized in the near future. We must remember, as we saw in the study last month, a better priesthood, many of the things which was written under the Old Testament were for the Jews only. And the same held true for the God's, the promises of God, or God's promises. They were for the Jew nation only. The Gentiles was excluded. They were called heathens, outcasts, uncircumcised dogs. Few, if any, of the promises at all were for them. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, Wherefore, remember that you've been in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, 
and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Notice we were strangers from the covenant of promise without hope and without God in this world. But now we are drawn nigh to these those promises by the blood of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Israel had the covenant of promise and we had nothing. Again, Paul wrote, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kingdom towards us through Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2, 4-7. Calvary not only speak of a better hope and of better things, we can now come become heirs according to the promises, Galatians 3, 26-29. God's promises are now for everyone that is truly born again of the water and of the Spirit. So during this lesson, we're going to look at those better promises. Amen. So as I said earlier, we see that the majority of the promises in the Old Testament, everything pointed to the Jews. The Gentiles was excluded. Okay. And so that's why when you read the New Testament, you see that the majority of the letters written in the New Testament are written to the Gentile church. Paul is credited with writing 14 of those letters because Paul was chosen to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Amen. And so, therefore, those letters are for you and I. If once we are born again of the water and the spirit, now we become doers of those letters. Those letters teaches us how to be Christians, how to continue to live right and to do right and to be at peace with one another. Amen. As they are just instructional letters. And a lot of them, as you read them, you will find that Paul starts out by telling them who they were and how they became a part of Christ and the value and the importance of continuing to live right the way that God's word tells them to live right. And some of those he shows through the scripture, how that they were outcasts. They was not a part of the kingdom of, of the plan of God. But because the Jews rejected him, then they had an opportunity to be engrafted in. And some places he called them a wild olive branch because the reason, because the Gentiles did all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. They worshiped many gods and, and, and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's why when God brought Israel out of Egypt, the first thing he told them when they come into the land, don't take on the gods that they, they worship and don't do the things that they did because what would happen? They would turn their hearts from him. But they did not heed the warning. They did not heed the things that God told them. But Paul tells us here in, in Ephesians 2, and that's why I like that, that 12th and 13th verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Notice what he says, that at the time you were without Christ. Think about it. You know, you can just look at your own life right now. Most of us can remember where we were before God called us and we got saved. We was without Christ. 
We was dead. You know, we, we was on our way to eternal damnation because we didn't have Christ in our lives. So he says, you was without Christ. We was aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. We didn't, we didn't have them. Amen. We ha- notice having no hope because without Christ, you don't have any hope. Amen. That's why Paul writing to the church at Rome in the 15th chapter of the 4th verse, he said, the things which was written before was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. See, but, but before we didn't have any hope without Christ. You don't have hope without Christ. That's why so many people, if they had Christ, they wouldn't do half the things they do. See, we can beat up the world, <laughs> you know, but really, we need to get in the habit of reaching the world. We need to get in the habit of sharing with the world. I just got a, a missions letter from uh, Sister uh, Sledge, the lady that does all the proofing for my books. They are now missionary in Germany. And she was telling me that now they are being able to give a Bible study to some people that was atheists, that didn't believe. You know, the door has been opened. So, you know, so this is, you know, people are realizing they need some hope. You know, people are looking for hope. They, 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 they've tried everything else and they're without hope. See, but we have the answer. We have their hope. Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is what we need to start showing and let our light shine. And that's why we go back to that better priesthood. We got to get in the habit of blessing people, you know, letting people see the goodness and, and, and the kind things that we can do to draw their hearts out of darkness to the marvelous light and be right. Let them see right. Let them see. Yes, there is people in the world that are still right and that believe in righteousness and believe in holiness and believe in separation and believe in God. Amen. And Jesus says, we got to let our light shine so men will see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And we've got to be at peace. You know, we don't fly off the handle. We don't get in the habit of complaining and murmuring about everything that the world is doing. We wait on God. (laughs) So we have to learn how to operate in that peace. He'll keep us in perfect peace. So we need to let the world see us at peace. We need to be able to still smile and have joy in our hearts. As Peter says, is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And so we want to continue this, you know, as Melchizedek, you know, he, 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 his priesthood was continual. Amen. And that's what we want. God's priesthood is forever and ever. And so we want to be a part of that forever and ever. Amen. So they had without hope, and notice, they had without God in the world. Amen. Can you imagine not being able to turn to God? Amen. You couldn't, couldn't, couldn't find any hope without God in the world? Man. But now in Christ Jesus, you are sometime afar off or made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You heard the word of your test, uh, I mean, uh, the word of the gospel. Amen. And Paul says in Ephesians 1, and you believe and you was, what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Amen. So we are drawn nigh the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission 
of sins. Amen. When we are born again, when we repent of our sins, when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the blood is applied to us in the waters of baptism because that's why the blood is washed away. I mean, the sins are washed away. That's why Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. And God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, we was far off, but aren't you glad you made nigh? Amen. We can come boldly, as, as the writer said, to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. Aren't you glad that you can just walk in any time, any time of the day, any hour, any minute, just begin to cry out to God, amen, and call upon him. And he says, I will be as close as the mention of my name. Amen. No more foreigners. No more without God. No more without hope. No more strangers from the covenant of promise. Every promise in the book is mine. Every line, every verse, every chapter is mine. Amen. Why? Because I've been born again. I am nigh to God. I, I, I have him now. He lives in me. He lives in you. Amen. And so this should make us excited all the time to know that I was without. Now I have. Can you imagine, amen, that Brother Wayne and Sister Vicky's getting all the blessings and promises and we don't have any? Pretty soon I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get upset, right? So. That's what, that's what was happening. Israel had everything. The Gentiles had nothing. Uh, and that's why, you know, a lot of, a lot of the nations hate them today for that reason. If you ever went to Israel, you will see why. Everybody else is living in the desert, man. They're, they're living in plush. They got greenery, got date trees and almond trees and, you know, fruit trees everywhere. They got well watered land, you know. They got nice places to live and buildings and everything. Israel is just flowing with milk and honey, just like God says. And all the other nations over there burning up in the heat of the desert. You know, and so you can see why they, they're a little bit jealous of them. They got so much. They're well protected. And those nations, they haven't forgot what God did for them. Uh, so we have to realize and think about this. Amen. So Israel had the promises. God had told them, I will fight for you and I will provide for you and I will deliver you. All they had to do was just obey his word. But because of Israel's rejection of him, when the promise came, they rejected him. That's why I've noticed in uh, Galatians uh, 3 verse 16. Paul writing to the church, he says, For you see, Scripture says, Now Abraham and his seed were the promise made. He said, Not to seeds of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Say, the promise was that Jesus would come. Amen. The promise. Amen. And thy seed. Amen. If you go to Genesis chapter 22, let's look at verse uh, 13 to... 15 through 18, real quick. Genesis chapter 22. We, we see here, this is when Abraham is offering up Isaac on Mount Moriah. 
and and we we know the story. But notice in verse 15 through 18. Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, verse 16, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. So notice, we have to get into the mindset of the promises that is given comes with terms and conditions. Amen. And so to obey God blesses. So he tells Abraham here, amen, that in him, his seed, shall all nations of the earth be blessed. But notice the promises to Abraham and to his seed, which is what? Christ. So all nations of the earth will be blessed in Christ. See, that's why you must be born again of the water and the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to be blessed. That's why the priesthood was a blessing to start with. Amen. Stay with me. Paul goes on in Ephesians 3, chapter 1 through 6. Ephesians 3, if you got your Bibles. Amen. Verse 1 through 6. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for The Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace which is given to me toward you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Notice Paul starts out says, if you've heard of the dispensation of grace, so where are we are in dispensations? Where does grace fall? What number? Okay, number six, right? What's number one? Innocent. What's number two? Conscious. What's number three? Human government. What's number four? Promise. <laughs> What's number five? Not a law. Amen. So now six is, and what's seven? Millennial reign, okay? Uh, The thousand-year reign where Christ will reign upon the earth, the kingdom age, okay? So those are the seven dispensations. So if you stop and think about it, we're in six right now, the dispensation of grace. So there's one more left, and that's when Jesus will return and reign upon the earth for a thousand years, which is known as the millennial reign. For a thousand years, okay? 
So you 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 better buckle your seatbelt, because <laughs> we're getting a little bit close. Amen. Because this dispensation of grace has been going on for over two thousand years, and if one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. I think we might be winding this train up. <laughs> Amen. We need to get ready. Amen. So notice Paul says in the dispensation of grace, which was given to him, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Amen. What was the mystery? What was the mystery? The godliness. Amen. Amen. Go to Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen through nineteen. Second Corinthians chapter five. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Okay, everybody's got that piece together, right? Amen. You got that? So that means everybody should be new, right? So see, that's why you, the old guy's dead. See, so you shouldn't be struggling with your flesh. You couldn't be struggling with holiness. You shouldn't be struggling with righteousness. You shouldn't be struggling with peace. You shouldn't be struggling with anything. You're new. Your old man's dead. Right? You're supposed to be rejoicing, tap dancing. You're going to a better place, man. You're going to dance on streets of gold, gates of pearl. No more. Amen. Verse 18. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing or charging their trespasses unto them and have committed to us the word of reconciliation. Amen. Notice to wit that God was where? First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, divided in the spirit, seen of angels, lived on in the world, and received back up into glory, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and the Word was, the same was in the beginning of God, all things were made by Him. Not anything made that was made in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory full of grace and truth. Amen. First John, John 1 and 14. 1, 14. Okay. Amen. Notice, to wit, that Christ, the mystery. Amen. Paul says, you've, you've heard of the mystery. Amen. The dispensation of grace now. See, so we know who he is. We was without him before, but now I know him. Say, so now that I know him, I have no excuse not to be blessed. I have no excuse not to have the promises that was made from before. Amen. So he was in Christ. Paul goes on to tell us that Jesus hath obtained a more excellent ministry in Hebrews 8, 6, by how much more he is the mediator of a better covenant. Notice, the mediator is a go-between. He is like a, a arbitrary, or if you and you got problems with each other, a mediator is in the middle to bring you together. See? And so therefore, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. 
Amen. For the first covenant was established, wasn't established on promises. It was established on obedience. Paul said that the law was really a curse if you stop and think about it, because if you lived on it, you had to do it. Amen. The, the law requires obedience. Do this. Do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Say. So that was the purpose of the law. So what was the purpose for the law being given? Why did God give the law? Why why did he put it there? Because of what? Sin, transgressions. Amen. The law was given because of transgression. So that's why God says, don't do this, don't do that. Do this, do that. See? And so as a result of that, it was like, a parent or a school teacher, or the Bible call it a school master, to do what? Bring us to Christ. Say, the same way a teacher tells the students, don't do this, don't do that. Parents tell them, don't do this, do this, do that. Same concept. You're taking them to something better. And that's what the law was all about. Amen. In Hebrews 10, verse 1 through 4, we read last week, for the law having a shadow of good things, to come. Amen. Notice, it was bringing something better. Sometimes when there's something better coming, we don't like to wait for it. Say, we want it right now. That's why Paul says, hope that is seen in Romans 8. He says, hope that is seen ain't hope. Because if you see it, what are you hoping for? <laughs> You know, he says, but if you don't see it, then do you would patiently wait for it. See, when God made promise to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. And what did God tell him? He says, leave home and I'll bless you. Abraham grabbed Sarah, said, let's go. We out of here. He left, you know, and over a period of time, he kept walking and looking, you know. And the Bible says in Hebrews, amen, 11, that what? He sojourned in the land of promise. <laughs> He's walking all top, all on top of the promise, Jesse. He's walking all across of his promise, man. And guess what? He don't even realize it. You know? And so he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs. To the same promise. So think about it. Isaac and Jacob. Man. Think about that. They all had the same promise. See. Because when God made promise to Abraham. He says I will give you an inheritance. See. And so the law had a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. Can never with those sacrifice which they offer year by year continually, make the comer thereunto perfect. For then would they have ceased to be offered, because that the worshiper once purged should have no conscience of sin. See? Amen. But in those sacrifices, there is remembrance again made of sin every Year. For it was not possible that the blood of the bulls and goats should take away sin. But see, now you and I, think about this, amen, their sacrifices 
Amen. If it could have took away their sins, they would have had no need of remembrance. But see, now they should be wiped away. Okay? This is what Paul says in Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, we have to think differently. See, you you, you can't keep thinking the old same old way. See, I'm, what what is Colossians 3 says? If you've been risen with Christ, do what? Set your affections where you're going, on things above and not on things of the earth, because you're dead. See, when you repented, you died. You buried the old man in the waters of baptism. See, if you focus on here, if you focus on the past, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, and you're going to want to be here. You're going to keep looking up here. But you're going to a better place. See, you repented. You got baptized because you said, I want to be with Jesus for the rest of my life. So I'm going to a better place. And so I've got to keep my focus where I'm going. See, that's why the Bible says he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed upon him. He's there. He's here. See, so i got to keep my focus where I'm headed. Amen. We're going to a better place. So get your mind from off this round here. You know, yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Insulate your mind. Insulate your thinking process. Amen. Because there's better promises. This new covenant is built on a better promise. And what's that better promise? You're going to heaven. What's that promise? He's going to put his law in your heart and in your mind so everyone will know him. Amen. Go to, amen. Go, let's go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 through 34. You see, so we, we, we're going to a better place. Amen. We, he's making it better. Behold, the day comes, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. You see, if you've been reading your Bible through, and I know you read it through last year, you're reading it through this year because that's one of the goals, right? So you you found out that after Solomon's death, what happened? The kingdom split. You had Judah and you had Israel. It was split. One is partially good, the other is evil. And that's why you, that's why you keep reading about good and evil, good and evil, good and evil. You have a good king, you have an evil king. You have an evil king, you have a good king. Back and forth, right? They weren't obeying God's word. The ones that obeyed God's word, what happened? They got blessed. God protected them. As soon as that one died off and an evil one came, boom, right back into the same old mess. Okay? So notice God says, I'm going to make a new covenant okay, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in that day that I took them by the hand and to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband to them. So notice what he's saying here. He's making it like a marriage. He said, man, I was married to those guys. They was my bride, and I was their their husband. And he said, they broke the covenant. They broke the he didn't 
didn't do it. They did it. See? That's why you see him saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long to put my arms around you as a mother hen does your chicks, but you wouldn't let me. See? So he says, I was a husband unto them, said the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write them in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother and say, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and will remember their sins no more. Amen. Notice, God says, I'm going to put my law in their hearts and in their minds. It's not going to be on tablets of stone. I'm going to write it in you, see, because when you're born again, amen, it comes in you. The word is in you. That's what Paul says in Romans. What said? The word is nigh thee, even in the heart and in your mind, which we speak, which is the word of what? Faith. See, when faith comes, Jesus is the faith. That's why it, it says in Ephesians and Galatians and all through Rome, when the faith comes, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Amen. You're going to know it. That's why when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God give you the utterance. Amen. So you know you have been endowed with the promise and the power of Almighty God. And so this thing is in you. And once it's in you, you're supposed to know. He, he will lead you and guide you to all truth so that you stand firm on the promise of God. Amen. So he writes this in our hearts and in our minds, the new, amen, he put in you. And notice what he says. And you don't need to have teachers to teach you. You know, this is what John would write. If you have been born again, then you don't have no need a man teach you. John, first John, let me, chapter 2, I think it is, in verse 26, I think it is. First John chapter 2. Verse 22, 6, 27, 22, 27, verse John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received in him abide in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is what? Truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you should abide in him. Amen. So notice the anointing, the Holy Ghost teach you because it's in you. You don't need me stand up here and teach you. Amen. I know Ephesians 4.11 said he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. But at the time, Paul said that you ought to be teachers because the Holy Ghost teaches you. Amen. He says, hey, I'm going to be in you so everybody knows me. When I put my spirit in you, you're going to know me and I'm going to teach you. See? And so you have to study the word of God. You've got to not lean to your own understanding. This is why Proverbs 8 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See? So you want to allow God to teach you. I'm going to keep teaching you, but <laughs> but you need to realize this. Amen. 
somewhere the Holy Ghost has got to kick in. That you realize, wait a minute, I'm a new creature. I'm not the same old person I used to be. See, as the song says, it's been slow going, but there's a knowing that someday perfect I will be. But I've got to follow on to know the Lord who's going forth is as the sun. Amen. It's coming. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the firmament show forth his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech and night unto night they show forth knowledge. There's no speech nor language that their voices is not heard. Their lines has gone into the ends of the world and the words into the ends of the earth. But in them have he set a tabernacle for the son who's going forth is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run his race. Who's going forth is to the ends of the world and the circuit to the end thereof and nothing is hid from the heat of it. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul, the testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired or day than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Amen. He's going to write it in your heart. What did David say? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The entrance to thy word, give it light. Amen. This is my comfort in my afflictions. Thy word has quickened me. See, so when it's in there, when he's written it in there, that's why every time you start feeling a little low, the Holy Ghost kicks in. That's why David says in Psalms 40, verse 5, What's wrong with you, soul? Don't you trust in the Lord? What's up with you? Why are you downtrodden? Why are you beat it down? See, the Holy Ghost kicks in as soon as you start feeling a little depressed, as soon as you feel like low, and then it kicks in. So God says, wake up. Amen. Get up. <laughs> lift up holy hands and begin to magnify me. Amen. Because whoso offered praise glorifieth me, and to him that order is conversational. Right? Will I show the salvation of God? Because I have given him a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. He's writing it in here. It's better promise. See? I don't have to go to the priest. I can come boldly to the throne. <laughs> Amen. I can go to the high priest. Amen. I can come boldly to the throne. Amen. That I may find grace and obtain mercy to help in the time of need. Amen. Scripture goes on in first, in John chapter one, verse 10, verse 13. He was in the world. And the world was what? Made by him. And the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Amen. Even to them that believed on his name. Think about that. Which was born. <laughs> not of blood, 
nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but God. Born of God. Repentance. Baptism. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. That's being born of God. Amen. Say, he came to his own. He came to Israel. They rejected him. Say, Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 13. We're talking about this promise. Say, the Gentiles, it was prophesied. Before I go there, real quick, let's, let's turn to Isaiah. Isaiah 49. Go to Isaiah 49. Let's see if I can find it in my notes. I'm getting ahead of my notes. I know I am. But I just feel I need to read this first. Kind of lengthy reading here, if I can find it in here. I know I got it in here somewhere. Amen. Isaiah 49, verse 5 through 7. And then we're going to drop down to 22 to 23. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 5 through 7. And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. We've been talking about being servants, haven't we? And bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, you shall be glorious in the eye of the Lord. And my God shall be my strength. And he said, it is a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. You know what he's talking about, right? Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom have despised, whom man have despised, to him whom the nation abhorred, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. Verse 22, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hands to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be the nursing fathers, and queens the nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee, and their faces towards the earth, and lick the dust of, the, of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Amen. He's going to come to the Gentiles. Jesus is going to be that light. Amen. He's letting us know what is going to take place here. That thou may be my salvation. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Notice, amen. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will lift up. My hands to the Gentiles. Amen. We was without. But God is making a promise here. Amen. When he makes this new covenant, the Gentiles is going to be brought into it. Amen. That's why you and I have these better promises now than we had before. Or they had before. Our forefathers had before. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 5. Arise. 
Let me Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 5. Give you a minute to get there. Arise, shine, for the light is come. Amen. Notice, Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He told Nicodemus, he says, here's condemnation, Nicodemus. Light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. John says in John 1, amen, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Because why? God is the light. Amen. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Amen. Is his glory upon you? Amen. Woo, the Holy Ghost is upon you, man. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light. And kings to the brightness of the rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far. And thy daughters shall be a nursing at thy side. Then shall thou see and flow together. And thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentile shall come unto thee. Amen. So the Gentiles are going to be brought in. Amen. That's why when you look at Luke chapter 4, amen, one more passage before we go out of here tonight. Luke 4, chapter 16 through 31. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the ministers and sat down. And the eyes of all them were that were in the synagogue was fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wonder at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physicians, heal thyself. Whatsoever you have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, Many widows was in Israel in the day of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all of the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Zareb, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers was in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, say Naaman the Syrian. And they all, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, was filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him to the brow, brow of the hill, whereon their city was built, 
that they might cast them down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them, went his way, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught on the Sabbath day. See, notice, Jesus read what it was about him. He would come. Amen. But they rejected him. Amen. The promise came. They rejected. He used two illustrations to show of God's blessings upon the Gentiles. A woman of Zerah. Amen. And name of the leper. Both of them was Gentiles. And that's why they got mad because they knew, amen, what he was saying. That God went to the Gentiles and as a that they got angry and want to kick him out. Amen. And he says, you will say to me this proverb, for visions, heal yourself. Amen. He says, but I tell you, there was many widows and there was many lepers. Amen. But God was sent to them, to the household of Israel. But they rejected him. And because they rejected him, he turned to the Gentiles. Amen. And now you and I are heirs to the promises of Abraham. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, I just feel like something good is about to happen. 